Hey, oh, so it's been a while. Uh, <laughs> I just got super stuck on the next chapter and had a hard time getting the motivation to get back to it. And this week I started listening to my first audiobook. And it's of a series that I've been thinking about a lot, even though I didn't really enjoy it because it, the main character is not my favorite. And I don't enjoy all of the heterosexual tropes. And as I'm listening to it, I'm like, man, I really wish there's something out there that I could find that like didn't cater to all of this hetero and romantic normativity. And then I'm like, wait, wait a second. I can, I'm making that. I can make that. I can do that. So that's what I'm here to do again. So to recap the last chapter, Naya had been arrested for getting caught stealing a necklace from Alvolia, forcing her to reveal her past and her former identity as the former Alarian princess Tikion. Thanks to his efforts, she was able to be released from their holding without any charges and was determined to set off to Alaria returning home for the first time in a really long time. Kian ended up visiting Solane and inviting her to the Starlight Festival. And as Naya was setting off and getting out of town, she ran into the bounty hunter from her past who had been working for Audric and who was responsible for hunting down Naya and harming a lot of the people who had been close to her while she was still on the run. She managed to outsmart him and get away and got him arrested and continued off towards her next adventure. And now, finally, finally, it is time for Chapter 9. had just set and the first partygoers were arriving for the annual Hala Starlight Festival. Kion, Eshan, Zenobia, and Sadira had spent the entire day setting up decorations and making sure that everything was being set up and put together accordingly. The grounds were decorated with lots of dark swatches of fabric that had small gold and glowing accents, bringing in the sense of royalty and lavishness, but also the shimmering and glowing of the stars above, though the lights were still a bit bright to be able to make them out all clearly. Kian was escorted by Eshan that night, who followed behind as Kian went out of his way to try and greet everyone and put forward the friendly, familiar exterior that his mom had been helping him keep up. Everyone who arrived greeted him as well with smiles and handshakes and complimenting him on how he did with the decorations. When Audric, Malvolia, and the other group of Valarians arrived, he took his time to greet them as well and informed them of the food that he had chosen tied to their country and culture to help them feel a little bit more welcome. They gave their polite and formal gratitude before moving on. But as the new attendees started trailing off and fewer and fewer people were arriving, he felt his heart sink a little bit, having not seen Selene and realizing that she had probably decided not to come after all. The Starlight Festival was something that he usually enjoyed, but it became more of a chore when... It was something that he was helping run and set up. And when he was more responsible for making a, an appearance with everyone. The times when he could pick a friend or two to run off and do their own thing with was gone. But instead of wallowing, he grabbed a small plate of food for himself and went to the guests of honor, the Alarians, to make idle conversation. The music played loudly and it was hard to hear everything. Hard to have long, drawn-out conversations. 
And when he approached the Ilarians, he couldn't quite hear what they were talking about. But when they saw him approaching, the conversation stopped and they turned to greet him pleasantly. Have you tried the food yet? Kian asked. How's it? How does it stand up to how you guys do it in Ilaria? Malvolia smiled and nodded emphatically. It tasted amazing. It it reminds me of the food that we would have at the palace, all five of us eating dinner together as a family. And it's been a long time. It's You did great. Keon smiled and nodded, taking the praise, but realizing that Naya had helped pick the menu and provided a lot of the recipes and that she probably picked the same foods because of her memories with her sister. Beside Malvolia stood two of the Atiri guards, the ones he hadn't been introduced to, but they were still fully uniformed, helmets on and silent, only vaguely acknowledging his presence. Audric stood further away, having his own conversations with other members of the Hala court, and Keon searched again for something else to talk about. You look really nice tonight, Keon said. Your dress is really beautiful. Malvolia smiled and looked down at her dress, shifting her weight. She had gone with a more Holland style, built with more asymmetrical and angled fabrics, as opposed to the normal Ilarian style that favored long, draped, and loose-fitting fabrics. Thank you, Malvolia said. It's something else that uh, Audric and I picked out while we were walking around town. You look really nice tonight, too, and you did a great job with the decorations. It really feels like I'm in the middle of a galaxy. They were near the dance floor, so a lot of the twinkling colored spots of light spun around them, really making it feel like they were a part of a larger moving galaxy. Thank you, Kian replied. It's been really rewarding seeing all of it come together. And it's my first time putting together an event, and somehow it all worked, and I'm so relieved. Malvolio smiled and chuckled along with him as the next song changed, and Malvolio paused while listening. It was one of the Ilarian songs that Naya had suggested and taught Kian how to dance to. Malvolio looked longingly and hesitantly at the dance floor. Kian tipped his head. Do you want to dance? I learned the steps for this one. Malvolia raised her eyebrows in surprise. Oh, that's really nice of you, but I, I don't want to be the only ones, the only ones dancing. Kian beckoned to Eshan and a handful of the other staff members working at the party. No, it's fine. I, I taught other people how to do it too. I wanted to make sure that you guys would feel welcome and wouldn't feel awkward, he said very awkwardly. <laughs> Malvolia beamed anxiously, excitedly, and they and the other group of workers slash dancers strode out to the dance floor, forming a loose circle as they went through the steps together. It was one of the easier dances that Naya had taught him that had several steps and motions before repeating as the song goes on. Malvolia laughed as she was surrounded by people going through the same steps as her, and Keon smiled, feeling proud of all of his work and effort, especially as he watched other people, actual party goers, watching the dance and jumping in as they picked up on the moves and felt comfortable joining in. There was a little bit of awkwardness as people who were just learning stumbled into those who were going confidently through the steps, but it was fun, and as the song came to a close, Malvoli was smiling, her face a little bit redder from the bout of exercise. They walked off the dance floor together as the next song came on, and Malvoli was still smiling. I didn't realize anyone knew that dance, she said as she swept her long hair off of her neck to help it cool. I could have swore my sister and our friend made up that dance as kids, but I guess I'm, I guess that was something different. 
again, Keon realized that Naya must have taught him. Keon realized again how much effort Naya put in to the instructions and the information she shared and how much of it was fed by missing her sister. He felt a pang in his chest as he wondered where she was, what she was doing, and missing that she wasn't there, seeing the results of her hard work or to see her sister being happy. But those thoughts were interrupted as Audric came to join them, smiling at Malvolia, putting his hands on her hips, giving her a kiss, and complimenting how she looked on the dance floor. Keon shifted uncomfortably as they held romance-filled eye contact before Audric turned towards him and acknowledged his dancing too. You did really great too, Audric complimented Keon. I'm assuming you're the one who put all the effort in learning and teaching everyone the steps. Kian nodded. Yes, though it was actually my uh, former guard, Naya, who had helped all of that. She grew up in Ilaria. Kian made pointed eye contact with Audric, trying to see if there was any reaction to mentioning Naya or her ties to Ilaria, but Audric's face didn't betray anything. The man just nodded, his face putting on a show of seeming solemn. Ah, yes, I'm sure it was such a tragedy seeing her turn on the family like that. She really seemed like a great guard. Kian pursed his lips and felt his jaw tighten, but he nodded silently. But these things happen, Audra continued, and I'm sure you'll find someone even better in no time. The song from the dance floor changed again, and Audric handed the glass of water that he was holding to Malvolia and outstretched his hand to Keon. Actually, he said, would you care to dance with me? Keon felt he rise in his face, grateful that his former complexion wouldn't betray his embarrassment. Oh, I, I don't know any partnered dances, Keon said hesitantly. Don't worry, just follow my lead, Audric said with a wink at Keon. And reluctantly, though he wouldn't let it show, Keon took Audric's outstretched hand and let him lead the two of them out to the dance floor where other people were partnering up. Audric placed Keon's hand on his shoulder and on his waist and placed his own hands on Keon's. Audric surprisingly gently talked Keon through the steps, guiding the shifting of the weight and the placement of the feet. And once Keon started picking it up, Audric gave a nod of approval. You're a surprisingly quick learner. Oh, thank, thank you, Keon said bashfully. And Audric continued, I wanted to be the first one to congratulate you. Keon tipped his head in confusion. Congratulate me on what... Well, it may not be official yet, but it seems like you are going to be the next head of the family. Keon's chest tightened and he missed a step in the dance, Audric's foot running into him and making him realize he had stopped and helping him pick up the beat and continue moving again. I haven't heard anything about that, Keon replied hesitantly. Audric raised an eyebrow a coy smile tugging at his mouth. Oh, I... Apologies. I had assumed your mother had talked to you about it. And with your marvelous party planning and the wonderful tour you gave and our future plans to have you visit Alaria, I assumed it was pretty clear who was going to be stepping up. Kian's mind reeled. He had always assumed Anaya would be the one taking over leadership of the country and being part of the new head family. But she really hadn't been engaged with any of the business sides of things. And Kian had been getting more responsibilities. Audric apparently could see the gears turning in Kian's head as he processed everything for the first time because he shifted his hands on Kian's waist and pulled him a little bit closer. You know what? Forget I said anything and act surprised when your mother tells you in a few weeks. 
But in the meantime, we'll be looking forward to when you visit us next. Audric continued. If you ever have any questions or need help stepping into a leadership role, you are more than welcome to come to me. With that, the song had come to a close. Audric let go of Keon, stepped back, and gave a gracious bow before joining Malvolia again, wrapping his arm around her waist. He looked back again to Keon, who still stood, still in the center of the dance floor, struggling to move as the next song came on and new people started joining the dance, and Audric winked. Slowly, Keon regained control over his body that felt heavier and slower. He needed to be somewhere quiet and alone. He was passing through crowds of people, some who were saying hello to him as he nodded to acknowledge them, not able to do much more in the moment. And Kion found himself in the gardens, surrounded by plants and flowers and hedges that blocked his view of the party and muffled the sounds of the music and conversation. He must have lost Eshan after the last song because he wasn't there, but Kion didn't really care. He sat down on a bench the stone cool against his warm body, and he tried to take slow, controlled breaths. Kian heard a noise behind him as gravel and leaves shifted, and he whirled around to see a small shadowed figure. It raised a hand, and a quiet voice chirped out. Uh, hi, it's Elaine. Not a monster, she said, stepping closer, light catching on her face. Kian's heart thundered in his chest from the surprise, but he motioned for her to sit down next to him, relieved to finally see a friend. Uh, sorry, I've, I've kind of been hiding. Uh, I, I showed up and I saw you talking to a bunch of people and I was like, okay, that's fine. Uh, you're, you're a host. Yeah, I talked to a lot of people and I tried to find something to do, someone to talk to, and then I got really overwhelmed. And uh, then I came here and yep, here we are. Selene said, nervously fidgeting with her hands. No, it's fine, Kian said. I know it's kind of a lot. Selene leaned forward on the bench, tipping her head to look more closely at Kian, her brows furrowing in worry. Are, are you okay? You, you seem, uh, I don't know, overwhelmed maybe? Kian nodded, though... He wasn't sure if he was nodding to being okay or being overwhelmed. Maybe both. Yeah, I, I'm i fine, he said, trying to convince himself. Audric had dropped a big bomb of news on him, and it was difficult to know if it was true, but part of Kian already knew. And if it was true, then what of Anaya? Did she know? Was she okay with it? Would she be okay with it? Kian looked up and looked towards Selene, trying to snap himself out of his thoughts and noticing the simple dark blue-green dress that Sol wore. It wasn't too different from what she wore normally for her job at the library, and it was definitely understated in comparison to the more elaborate or attention-demanding dresses of the other partygoers. But Selene still looked nice and she looked comfortable, her hair done up in her normal little buns at the base of her head. Selene noticed the attention and shifted a little bit uncomfortably at it, instead shifting the focus back to the party. So how's everyone liking the, the music and the food that I, I know you worked so hard on? Did you get a chance to show off any of your moves? Kian nodded. Yeah, Naya's tips on the food and the dance were really spot on, and Malvolia was really impressed with it. So we should be on good terms with Alaria and the new queen. Soul stuck her tongue out. Ugh, politics though. What do you think? Do you enjoy it? Are you having fun? Kian shrugged. He hadn't really had much of a chance to try the food and it had never occurred to him to consider if he was having fun. But honestly, it felt like work. And so he answered earnestly. Uh, not... Really, my job is to make sure that everyone else is having fun, so I don't think it's really much of an option for me to have fun. Selene smacked his shoulder, 
in disagreement, and Keon was glad that he was wearing a jacket to soften the blow. Nonsense, Selene said, standing up. Nope, not allowed. You are going to have fun. What's fun? What what can we do that's fun? Oh, we can go back in the party and dance? Uh, Keon shook his head. No, I'm tired of dancing, and I, I'm not really ready to go back right now. Selene let out a huge sigh. Oh, thank God. I don't really want to go back there either. It's too loud. Too much. Okay, how about I go grab us some food? I will make the sacrifice of going back in there for the greater good. And then when I get back here, we are going to have some fun, okay? Keon laughed and nodded. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I think I can manage that. Selene nodded decisively, gave two thumbs up, and then ran out of the gardens back towards the party, definitely with the speed and in elegance that none of the other partygoers would display, but elegance and allure was overrated anyway. Selene returned with an armful of two heaping plates of food and cups precariously stacked in her arms, balanced under her chin. She gave a grin and said hello as he spotted her and as he stood up to help untangle her from the mess that was inevitably going to spill. He grabbed his share of food and drink, and they sat on the ground using the bench as a table. Part of him knew that he should be concerned about dirt or rocks dirtying his pants or her dress, but Selene demanded that he had fun, so he wasn't going to worry about it. Best thing about parties, Selene said through the mouthful of food. One, the quiet spot where you can like hear the party, but not be at the party. And then two, the food. Keon laughed, covering his mouth as he almost spat food out, but managed to swallow. Thank you for grabbing this. I didn't realize how much I needed to eat. Yeah, it's easy to forget about when you're so wrapped up in trying to finish something or make something perfect. I forget it all the time. Naya would send me messages just to remind me to eat and make sure I wasn't getting too absorbed in a task. Do you have any way of keeping in touch now? Kian asked hesitantly, slightly worried about bringing up the topic. Selene shook her head. No, we're trying to find a secure way to communicate first, and it's not really easy, especially as she's trying to cross borders, and we don't really know how closely anyone's going to be trying to keep tabs on her. Selene got really quiet as she stared at her food, lost in thoughts. They sat in silence for a few moments before Keon decided to make an effort to swing things more positive again. Okay, back to the mission at hand, Keon said, standing up and brushing the dirt and rocks from his pants. Selene looked up a little confused and caught off guard. Having fun, Keon reminded. And Selene nodded, also getting up. How about a, a dance-off? He said, no other ideas really coming to mind. Selene nodded but raised a hand. Okay, but uh, one condition only. Keon nodded for her to go on. I can't really dance, so this is going to be bad dance moves only. If you start dancing well, you're out. Keon laughed at the ridiculous rule and agreed to the terms, offering to go first. They moved their plates off the bench, stacking them and setting them aside, and Keon stepped up, listening to the beat of the far-off music and dancing in fun, ridiculous moves, jumping and swirling his arms and finding himself laughing at himself as Selene bobbed and clapped along in joy. When the song ended, he hopped off the bench and motioned for Selene to take her turn. Top that, he said laughing. It was a game where there was going to be no winners because how does one judge the worst dancing and when the only judges are the competitors, but that's besides the point. They would both be losers for embarrassing themselves and both be winners for having a good time. 
Selene got on top of the bench and spun in a precarious motion for how narrow it was, but stuck the landing, sticking her arms up, and then started hopping on one leg, moving her arms in a swimming motion before jumping into a next weird erratic motion. She too was laughing at herself, trying to find some new weird way to outdo whatever she just did while not losing balance on the bench. And Kian just grinned as he clapped along to the beat. As the song ended, she gave a bow and jumped down, striking one final pose and laughed with Kian as they sat back down. So I really hate to admit it, Selene started, but I really think you won worst dance moves of the century. You should be honored. Kian laughed. No, I, I think the honor is all yours. They teased each other for a moment longer before realizing that the music had stopped and that the lights were dimming for the final part of the Starlight Festival. The lights in the whole city lowered, reducing the power to only limited emergency lights and clearing up the light pollution so that more stars in the sky could start popping into existence. The faraway conversations hushed as everyone looked to the heavens. Kian and Selene craned their necks upwards before Selene got off the bench and just laid on her back on the ground, watching as more stars twinkled into existence. Kian got down and did the same, laying next to her on his back. Looking up in the stars this way really made Kian feel small, as everything in his vision became the night sky and the vast infinite cosmos of the galaxy. It was soothing and calming as he felt his breathing slow and as he was lulled into a simple trance watching the stars glint and twinkle. His serenity was interrupted by gravel moving down the path and he leaned up on his elbows to see Eshan coming down the path, breathless and frustrated. Keon, finally, Eshan said. The hell are you guys doing? He said raising an eyebrow, seeing the two of them laying on their backs on the ground. Kian got up, half embarrassed, but Selene just sat up and stayed sitting on the ground, her legs crossed in front of her. Is this where you've been? Eshan asked. I've been, I've been looking for you everywhere. I could have lost my job if I hadn't found you. Kian felt guilt rise in his chest. Eshan was not one to scold. So it really must have freaked him out, Eshan continued. And you know that there have been increases in terrorist activity, and Keon put an arm on Eshan's shoulder. It's it's okay, I'm sorry. I just Keon started. I just needed to step away and I forgot to grab you. The painful reality of the party and his responsibilities came crashing back down on Keon. Eshan let out a heavy breath and nodded, accepting the apology. You just should know better than that, Eshan finished, before eyeing Selene and Keon. So were you two, Eshan trailed off. But Selene stood up and brushed off her dress. Um, I'm probably gonna head out now, anyway. She said, as the power and light started coming back on, the moment to appreciate the stars over and the conversations from the party starting to rise again. Kian turned back to Selene, giving a smiling goodbye. I, hey, I really appreciate you coming, and I had a lot of fun with you. I had a lot of fun too, Selene replied, and thanks for inviting me. She took a step towards Kian and then a step away to leave and then a step back towards Kian, opening her arms to give him a hug goodbye. They embraced in a short, friendly gesture and she trotted off back towards the library, waving goodbye to the two of them. Eshan snorted. <laughs> that was awkward. And Kian punched him in the shoulder, heading back to the party and Eshan trailing behind.
It was a few days after the festival, and the Alarians had already left that morning. There was no big parade or any show of it, keeping it simple and private to avoid any disasters that had happened last time Alarians had left the country. The Hollands simply escorted the Alarians out to their vehicles and waved as they left, making their trek back home. With all of the event planning and visiting and politics and diplomatics done, Keon felt a little bit empty and aimless. He wandered the halls with Eshan trailing behind, lightly teasing him about his aimless wanderings. He took them up and down stairs, around in circles and down dead-end hallways that he'd never been down before. Though on his way up some steps, he ran into his sister, Inaya, who was listening to music in her earbuds. She looked up as she saw him pass and took one out, motioning for his attention. Kian paused the hall and the stairs, feeling like they were moving all of a sudden because for the first time in a while, he wasn't. Hey, mom was looking for you, Inaya said. Okay, Kian replied. Do you know where she is? Inaya put an earbud back in her ear and waved towards Kian. I don't know, check her office probably. Anaya continued down the stairs back into her own world and whatever she was preoccupied with. Kian continued up the stairs, making his way toward his mother's office, both relieved at having something to do to keep his mind busy, but also dreading confronting his mom and seeing what she wanted him for, remembering his dance with Audric and what Audric had said. Kian knocked on the closed doors of her office and opened them after half a second peering in. She sat at her desk leaning to the side, leaning on one elbow, but she smiled as she made eye contact with Kian and giving him her full attention. I assume you must have run into Anaya then, she said warmly as a greeting. Kian nodded. Yeah, she just said you were looking for me. Oh, yes, Sadira said, motioning for Kian to take a seat in the office. I had just been musing out loud to Anaya about where you were, what you were doing today, but I suppose we can have this conversation now. Kian felt his chest tighten with anxiety and anticipation. You really did a marvelous job planning the Starlight Festival and making our guests feel welcome. I got many compliments on the food and seeing everyone come together for that dance that you taught all of the staff really made a good impression. Oh, thank you, Kian said cautiously. He had also been proud of the event and how it went and the impressions that he made, but he was dreading what he felt coming next. You have always shown great interest in our country and its people, Sadira continued. You've shown that you're able to step up and lead, and that you want to be a part of this. So your father and I have decided that we will likely be instating you as the new lead of the next head family, and leaving the country in your hands whenever we deem that our time is up. She paused, looking at Kian expectantly for some kind of response, and Kian had to unclench his jaw to say something. Uh, thank, thank you, he managed to sputter out. I'm really honored, and this is, I, I just really appreciate it, but what of Anaya? She had been receiving more training for it, and she's the older one of us. Sidira tipped her head, carefully choosing her words. Anaya is incredibly talented and intelligent, but... She does not seem to be interested in stepping up and being a leader. There seems to be other things on her mind and in her interests at this point, and we do not want to force her into anything that she perhaps doesn't want to or would not excel at. Inaya inheriting the title and the leadership had been such an assumption that he hadn't really considered what Inaya thought or what Inaya wanted. And they weren't really close enough as siblings for him to be able to know 
what she wanted, but it's true that she didn't seem engaged or interested with the role anymore. Have you told her yet? Kian asked, but he knew the answer. We have not, his mother replied. We wanted to speak with you first, and we wanted to see if we could find another area or outlet for Inaya's talents. Again, Kian and Naya weren't close, but he knew that she probably wasn't going to take the news well. She was someone who always excelled at everything she did. Always the brightest in the class, the strongest amongst her friends, a dazzling, charismatic smile, ready for any circumstance. But it is true that the last year or so, she had been more distant and less engaged with everything going on. But Keon genuinely wasn't sure whether he or Anaya would make a better fit for a leader of the country, and it seemed impossible to know. But in the end, it wasn't his decision, and it sounded like his parents had already made up their minds. So Kian nodded again and gave his thanks again. Thank you again for coming to see me, Kian, Sadira said, dismissing him to the rest of his day. And don't worry, I will talk to Anaya now, so you don't have to deal with any of that pressure. Kian nodded once more, not able to say anything, and left without a word. He passed Anaya again, heading in the opposite direction, her going up as he came down, and again his chest tightened. Fearing Anaya's anger directed at him, worried for what her new role or purpose would be, anxious for the new responsibilities that were falling on his shoulders. Kian sat in one of the lounging rooms, staring out the window, thoughts swirling too fast to keep up with, when Anaya came and sat in a chair across from him. Congrats, she said with a half-smile, but it was clear her heart wasn't in it. His brows furrowed sympathetically, and he returned the half-hearted smile. Thank you. I'm sorry... He started, but Anaya waved him off. Save it. I, Anaya started, but she looked away and trailed off. It, it'll, it'll be good for you, she said, making eye contact again with Keon. And you will be good at it. Keon tilted his head, caught off guard by the reply. A year or two ago, she would have been seething, arrogant, enraged. But he looked at the person sitting across from him and realized that he didn't recognize his own sister. Her normally outgoing energy replaced by a withdrawn tiredness. How are you doing? Kian asked earnestly. Are you okay? Inaya's eyebrows raised, maybe that being the first time she's heard that question and the first time someone was genuinely wanting to hear an answer and being okay if she wasn't okay. But Kian could almost see her guard raised and her walls go up as she stood up and put more energy into a more convincing smile. Yeah, I'm, I'm fine, she said, but still with a glint of sadness that he really couldn't believe the statement. I just wanted to say congratulations and uh, that I'm proud of you, Anaya said, and Kian believed that, but there was still something he didn't know beneath the surface. But after that, she left again, leaving Keon alone with his guard once more. The day passed by slowly, with nothing to do and no direction to really go in. Kian was relieved when night came, but unfortunately, sleep was not ready to come for him yet, and the day refused to end. He knew there would be more to do tomorrow, there would be more to keep him busy and to keep his thoughts away, but his brain refused to slow down even for a moment to give him any rest to let him sleep at all. He laid in bed restlessly turning before deciding to get up in the early hours of the morning and just move. Just go anywhere, do anything. He put on a sweater over his night clothes, 
not bothering to put on shoes, leaving his room, not saying a word to Zenobia, who stood outside, and just picking a direction and moving. The halls at night were dark and eerie, the low light a faint whisper of the activity that goes on during the day. His bare feet moved silently on the cold floor, and if it weren't for Zenobia falling behind him, he would have felt like a silent wraith in the night, passing through and observing from some faraway place. He mindlessly and instinctively took turns, here and there, not thinking about where his feet were taking him, and he found himself passing the library. Of course, where he always found himself going when he wasn't thinking about it. He expected the lights to be off, like all the other rooms that he had passed, but he could see a single golden glow coming from the back, and he hesitated for a moment before wandering in. He moved closer to the light, Zenobia trailing a little ways behind, when Kian heard a noise that was not unfamiliar and that broke his heart to hear. He looked to Zenobia and put a hand up, motioning for her to stay back and give him some privacy, and thankfully she nodded in acknowledgement and stayed behind while Kian continued forward towards the light. He could see Selene curled up in a blanket, sitting in the very corner of the couch, a book on the table in front of her, but not in her hands, clearly not being read. Kian said softly, trying not to startle her, but of course she jumped anyway, who would expect visitors in the middle of the night? And she tilted her head towards him, but not quite looking at him or showing her face to him. Hi, Selene replied, curling up tighter in her blanket. Kian moved forward and just sat silently across from her as she bowed her head, still reluctant to show him her face but Kian respected her privacy and didn't try to make eye contact. Uh, so, what brings you here at this fine hour? Selene asked, putting on a weak show of her normal, friendly politeness. But Kian knew that neither one of them really wanted to put up an act of being okay, so he was honest. I couldn't sleep, he said, and I assume that's why you're here too. Selene didn't say anything in reply, but he could see her hands starting to fidget underneath the blanket she was wrapped in. My mom told me that uh, I'm going to be the next head of the family, and not Inaya, Kian said to Selene. Selene started to look up at him, finally showing her face, and the redness in her eyes, and across her cheeks, and the puffiness under her eyes. It's scary. Selene replied, knowing that Kian wasn't looking for congratulations. Kian nodded, and I expected Inaya to be more mad about it, but she almost seemed apathetic, and that's kind of worse. He put his head in his hands. Sorry, I didn't come here to dump everything on you. No, it's it's okay, Selene consoled. Sometimes you just need to get it out. And it helps having someone... He was just as miserable as you are. So I'm happy to listen, Selene said, and Kian felt his heart swell in gratitude for her. He told Selene about his dance with Audric and how Audric had predicted the exact thing happening. Selene's nose had wrinkled in disgust. He's just trying to suck up to you because you're, because he wants power. It's the same reason he's with Malvolia. I'm guessing Naya told you about that, Kian said, and then the pang in his heart reminded him of the other thing that was weighing on his chest. Selene nodded and noticed Kian's reaction. You miss her too then? Selene asked, and Kian nodded, realizing that's what it was, knowing that he hadn't really let himself think about it since she had been released from the holding cell. She would keep me company a lot on nights like this, Selene said, and I would keep her company when she had her bad nights. She was my first and only friend after I took over from my grandpa. I think my only friends have been my staff and the people who work for me, 
and I guess Naya wasn't really an exception to that. Just another person paid to spend time with me. Selene shook her head. No, she really did consider you a friend. She spent a lot of her free time with you, teaching you how to dance and helping you with the Starlight Festival. She wouldn't have done that if she didn't want to. And she wouldn't have shown you her past or asked you for help if she didn't actually trust you or consider you a friend, Celine said, and Kian felt a little bit lighter with her encouraging or reassuring words. And you don't pay me to be your friend. I don't work for you, Celine said, but I like hanging out with you and I had fun at the festival and I was grateful you invited me and glad I don't have to go back to zero friends again. Most people aren't very eager to be friends with someone as noxious as me. Kian shook his head aggressively at her in that last statement. You're not obnoxious at all, he said. You're energetic and passionate and enthusiastic and we need more of that in the world. Selene gave a half-hearted smile in response, but Kian could see that she wasn't taking it to heart. It's just a mask. I don't... But Kian laughed a little bit bitterly. Everything is a mask. But the ones that you choose to put on says something about you. And you choose to be positive and energetic. You don't choose to be angry or bitter or closed off or off-putting. You show warmth and eagerness and welcoming. And it's not just a mask, it's genuine. Even if you might feel sad or tired or lonely, you can be all of those things at once. Kian could see the light catch as fresh tears rolled down Selene's cheeks. Just don't sell yourself short, Kian finished off awkwardly, suddenly aware of the sentimentality. Selene made eye contact with him, her tears more sentimental than sad. You are going to make a good leader, I think. Kian started to shake his head, but she continued, No, really, you are thoughtful and considerate, and you want to make things better. And I don't know, maybe there is someone more experienced in leadership, but I think you're a good listener, and you want to find something that makes everyone feel heard and included, and that is going to get you a lot farther than you might think. Kian gave a bitter chuckle. <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing. Selene shrugged. So what? That's a strength to be able to admit that. Because you're going to spend more energy learning and growing and making up for your weaknesses. And no one wants a leader who thinks they know everything. Because if you already know everything, there's no way to grow or better. Sure, you're going to mess up. Maybe you're going to mess up more than Anaya would. Which doesn't matter. You can't compare yourself. It doesn't get you anywhere. The comparisons mean nothing. You are you, and I know that you are capable of doing the research and putting in the effort to make up for what you don't know. So how about you don't cut yourself short? Tian laughed at her last bit, throwing his words against him. And he wiped the tears that had started rolling down his cheeks. Thank you, he said, uncomfortable with the positive attention and praise. Oh, shut up, Selene responded curtly. It's 3 a.m. We're not doing manners or politeness. And I don't say things like that just to be nice. Like I, I mean it, okay? Kia nodded, picking up on her serious tone. Yeah, I, I meant what I said too. Okay, good. Selene said, not curtly. Because if you start talking about any of that garbage again, I'm going to call you out. I'm going to aggressively be nice to you till you knock it off, all right? Kian couldn't help but laugh at her show of aggressive kindness, and she gave a wry grin in response. Okay, but, okay, but I'm doing the same for you. It's a deal then. They stayed up later into the night, earlier into the morning, their conversation passing to something easier, more lighthearted, making fun of the formality of language and diplomatics. 
joking about memories of Naya, joking about mistakes that they hid or uncomfortable situations they ran into that they had to pretend to be professional through. They continued talking as their voices grew tired and low and gravelly as the sun rose through the large library windows and shed its golden light across the bookcases. Kian could suddenly feel the heaviness in his eyes and see it in Selene's tired, puffy eyes as well. But she was at least smiling, and he was smiling. And when he got up to leave, they hugged. The embrace one of closer friendship, shared sorrows, and gratitude for getting each other through a hard night. Kian returned to his room, and Zenobia followed silently, not questioning why he had been up so late or what they had talked about. And as Kian rolled into bed, to get at least a few hours of sleep. He smiled and wasn't sure why, but was looking forward to whatever might come next. There would be a lot of change coming and a lot of struggle, and there's a lot he didn't understand, but he was ready for the challenge and he knew they'd get through it. We made it. Uh, Yeah, big milestone. It's exciting. It's maybe like a quarter or a fifth of the way done. We're not that far into the story. Just finished setting up everything for you. The pieces are on the chessboard. (laughs) Um, Yeah, anyway, thanks to Louis Zong for the music. It's great. He's fantastic. Go check him out on Bandcamp. Uh, you can follow me and my art on Instagram and Twitter at LK underscore draws. Uh, I'll be updating this whenever I feel like it. It's not a good schedule. It's not great for building an audience. I don't care. Tell a story at my pace. But still rate, review, and subscribe. That's, you know, helpful. Uh, anyway, that's all the things. Thanks for making it this far. And until next time. 